The Modern Black Man Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Modern Black Man. Today we're going to follow up on a previous episode where we talked about the good side of friendship and we're going to complement that with some of the darker sides of friendship. I'm joined with my co-host Sarah, uh, Sarah Voyard, uh, svelitecoaching.com, one of the best in the business. I'll allow her to introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Thank you for that introduction, Brian. You always get better and better at these. (laughs) I am very excited to be here with all you wonderful listeners uh, discussing a topic that we all have, right? We all have friends, or Mm -hmm. I hope we all have friends. I hope so. They aren't always good. So right. let, let's let's talk ugly. about yeah, let's talk about the saucy bad friend stories. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all had friends that just were foul. I mean, we've had those friendships where things didn't go the way they were supposed to go and things didn't lay out the way they were supposed to lay. Uh I know that I'm reminded of friendships I had in college, just the wild, gross, raunchy man that I used to be. And I'm so thankful that I've grown and become a better person. Uh, and I know some of those other guys have too. Um, Sarah, what do you think has been your worst friendship? My worst. Your worst. I don't know that I've had really bad ones to the point where I'm like, you have to go. No, you. I mean, girls, guys fight when they when they get to that point. I know that my roommate in college. That's how we got to be friends. My girlfriend wanted me to beat him up one day, and it was totally absurd. Made no sense. And ever since that point, kid became like my best friend. Um, women when they fall out, is it just like over, or is it uh, that cattiness? Is it like that? screaming, hollering, kind of F-U-F-U type stuff or what? Like, I don't know what it's like. Honestly speaking, again, I'm very grateful because I don't get down like that and I don't attract women that are not right. Like, I don't attract that in general and I'm very intolerant of it. But I have some friends that have dealt with some real shady chicks. I'm talking about chicks that the minute you're on like a semi-mini hiatus from your man, they're like... Shacking up with them. Oh wow! Talking crap about you. It's pretty. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty nuts. But again, I always hear this like second and third hand because I don't get down like that. So you're saying that the ladies in your circle, the dirty ladies, are the ones that try to get with your man as soon as it's cold. Well, let me let me let me clear that up. These ladies, the yeah. dirty ladies, are not in my circle. Sure, They are, you know, three degrees or four degrees removed, okay. but I have seen where they try to get with your man. They try to completely tarnish your reputation. Um, they're not loyal. They'll just talk bad about you. You know, they're two-faced in general. They'll talk bad about you. It's just a lot. It's just a lot. And I think it, it makes, honestly, it makes me really sad as much as I value and promote union and amongst amongst women. It makes me really sad to see, especially when you're adult, like if you're young mm-hmm. and you're in, in high school, maybe college where you're still finding yourself and like developing a moral compass and things like that. I, I'm a little 
I'm much more understanding at that point, but I'm talking about professional grown women that have either have children or have been married or just are seasoned women in whatever capacity. That to me is heartbreaking to see these women out here or the ones that will listen to you and act like they're your best friend, but secretly be so judgmental, so judgmental. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're basically absorbing everything that you're telling them only to then throw it in your face some way, somehow later on. That to me is, is much, it's much. So it sounds like the way that women go about it is so much more calculated and it's, it's even everything though. (laughs) Yeah. Women are. It's too much. And honestly speaking, I I don't even know what they get out of it. Like sometimes I hear these stories again through friends of friends and I'm like, but what did you get out of it? Or, Or what did you get out of even staying friends with somebody? And they're just like, well, when I had this one really bad period in my life and I was really depressed, they were there for me. And I'm just like, okay, well, I hope that works out for you. Right. Cause I know, for example, for me, I know what I bring to the table as a friend as well. And I know that I'm very like, when I love, I love 175%. That's right. And that's, you know, it, my friendships as well. So for me, that's just so weird mm-hmm. to engage or have close friends that I know would not do the same. I can call any one of my current close friends and know that if I said, I need you to stop what you're doing and come here. Because I have X, Y, Z, even without needing to give the explanation, I know they would be like, okay, give me, you know, 15 minutes, I'll be on the way. Right. If I don't feel that that's reciprocated, and that's something very minor, right? Mm-hmm. I should not have the doubt that you will respect my home, my partner, my children. You know, there's things that are off limits across the board. Right. Right. If I can genuinely think of you or be asked of the kind of friend that you are and not be able to say without a doubt that you respect what you need to respect. I I just don't really see the need. Like what's the need? I'm not really sure why people continue to keep these kinds of individuals in their lives when it's really not, they have nothing to show for it in the end is what I'm saying. And it's not about material things at all. It's not about, Oh, can you take me to dinner? Can you take me? No, not at all. It's all about how authentic and genuine they are. Mm-hmm. Can I count on you? Are you dependable? Can I trust you? Can, you know, can I confide in you? Right. Are you discreet? Are you non-judgmental? Mm-hmm. Can I consider you family? You you want it all. I mean, you know how I get down, right? Like I told you, my friends, I'll give them all the passes and chances in the world. But I mean, sometimes you just gotta observe them. I mean, and that's what those passes do. Um, I told you my roommate from college, that kid is on his way to being a millionaire right now. He lives in Texas and, uh, you know, good, proud of the kid. But as uh, on the friend level, you can tell when your friends are starting to fall off and become disloyal. And I mean, I know that I noticed it within five years of graduation. You would talk to him and tell him things. And I think his self-esteem was so low. He wanted to find a way to prop himself up. And I mean, it's hard to see your friend obsessed with talking about themselves, not connecting to anybody else, always wanting to find some kind of way to make what they're doing to be the only thing anybody should do. So, I mean, what do you do when you're confronted with, a, should I say, narcissist or egomaniac? Like, have you had a friend like that? 
I just, I'm not attracted to those kinds of people. I know all the low lives. No, it's not that. <laughs> and I wouldn't even label them. I'm just honestly not, I, I, and I mean this genuinely, I am attracted to people that have very humanistic qualities mm. that are kind, that are loving, that are supportive. I don't, I'm not attracted to those kinds of people. I'm almost like, I'm that, I, I remember in school. You're I the antidote. Well, no, I mean, I was that girl in school that if somebody was making fun of somebody else, mm -hmm. I was like, and who do you think you are? No, you're ugly. No, you, you know, right. like, and, and I'm not saying that that was right, but it was like sure. only my way, you know, as, as a young teenager, it was like the only way that I could almost feel like I was protecting that person. Cause I just don't think it's right. So even now as an adult, those people that walk around with this like crazy level of arrogance mm -hmm. or cause you still see it as an adult Well, people prey on the weak. I tend to mm -hmm. naturally be attracted on to the softer, you know, kind of the softer people. Yeah. Um, and the ones that again display very, you know, tender qualities because I don't like that. I find that narcissistic individuals eventually they will. I've got some good stories for you. They will connect with you, right? Yeah. To almost like be in cahoots with them to continue their behavior. But I've noticed that a lot of times, the minute that you change it up on them, then they turn then on you. Yeah. And that to me is a sense of insecurity that I don't feel the need to have in my life. Consciously, at least. I love that you said that. I, my mind is going to like the ultimate tangent. Uh, I'm just thinking about past experiences. Um, I told you that I was in the business world in St. Louis. I was in the financial industry, um, and it's just such a dark, dirty place. Um, I know that I came back to St. Louis in like 2014. Um, Something like that. And I was working for a mortgage company. And it was horrible. Uh, my boss, my direct supervisor, uh, I'm probably going to refer to him by name because I'm just feeling in a funny mood like that. Uh, his name was Brent Kiefer. He was the biggest asshole I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, he was an actor. He was pretending to just be like a horrible boss, like the movie Horrible Bosses, every single day. And he just mistreated his employees. He mistreated and didn't value anybody around him. The least gracious person in the world. And I just think of all the things that you need to do to be a solid or a good friend. It's really just being a good person. Thank you. I mean. Thank you. It's really what it comes down to. It's not this, it, there's not this like distinction between right. how to be a good friend, how to be a good partner, how yeah. to be. No, it's literally be a good person person use yeah. common sense it will serve you on all different in all different roles of your life yeah it, it, that just everything you were saying kind of jogged my memory to the worst person that i think i've encountered and i think that guy was it uh have you ever seen the movie horrible bosses i saw clips of it Oh man, he was just like the Kevin Spacey character in the movie <laughs> every day. Just horrible, horrible guy. Um, but being a good friend is just really showing that compassion and that care for other people, not making it about yourself. And I mean, it's not that hard. I don't understand what would possess someone to want to take on that kind of persona. So I, I appreciate you just getting me there because my mind went on such a tangent to that. Um you know, just kind of continuing our conversation, though, about bad friendships, uh, those are relationships where it is based on convenience. Um, I know that 
I hope I don't attract those people, but I think that we've all kind of been there, experienced that, or have been in a process to getting there. Have you ever had a relationship where someone wanted to try to make everything based on their convenience? On their convenience. I've had a relationship like that. My ex was like that. Yeah. Like, if I'm not asking too intimate of a question, on what end? He was very selfish. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a very selfish person and everything, you know, when I look back, everything in the relationship from the small to the big Mm -hmm. was in one way, shape or form on his terms, how he wanted it, when he wanted it. Wow. And if he didn't want it, it wasn't happening. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's being selfish. Oh yeah. He, and I used to tell him and he would be like. How can you say that? And we, you know, we had plenty of dialogues where mm-hmm. I would give him specific examples, and I don't think he really understood it until it was too late, until we broke up, because he was so selfish. Talk about sucking the energy out yeah. of you! Oh my god! Yeah, it's zapping. I mean, as, as as a man, it's usually my priority to put my woman first. I can't say that I've done that in every relationship. I can absolutely say that I've been selfish. But how do we as men have the kind of respect for our partners that lets them know that it isn't about me? Because I think sometimes men, we can only see things one way. I mean, what, what what's something that I can do to to be more considerate because in relationships I am very different than I am in the rest of the world or just friendships because that's my relationship. That's my happy place. And I think that when we find something that makes us happy, we attack it differently. Did you grow up with your mother? Oh my gosh. Every day I get asked this. Yes. I grew up with my mother. Uh, How would you describe your mother? Honestly speaking, was she the masculine or the feminine energy in the home? Mm. My mom's, let me tell you a story. My mom was really, really tough. Um, the last time I was asked this question, I talked about things my mom would do when I was a kid. Uh, both my parents worked for the airlines growing up. So when I was younger, they would take me on trips and just drop me off in the city. So like, if it was London, my mom would take me to the east side of London, and I'd have to go find food, find my way back home, and just in a new country, new city, and just make it happen. I've done that here in D.C., Uh, I know that before Chinatown was what it was now, I was running around that thing and very different. Where we are right now, where I'm recording to this day, I probably know some of the Asian ladies at the shop at the Crystal City Mall because my mom would just drop me off and good luck, find your way home. So that's the kind of person that my mother is. Not, I don't think in a evil way, but she wanted me to be independent and she wanted me to be able to handle massive stress and kind of handle and create my own solutions. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she started doing that with me at a very young age and I think I got good at it. Um, I don't think I've had to do anything crazy or panhandling since I was in my early teens. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for that, but that's the kind of woman that my mother is. And to answer your question, she was all energy. She could be that the strength when she needed to be, and she kept the supporting to a minimum of the what you call fe- uh, feminine energy. She tried to keep it to a minimum, but you know, she, my mama gave me love when I needed it. 
the reason why I ask that is because I've I've seen in my studies and my personal experience and and through through work that men that have a more uh, I guess a closer no just a little bit of a closer relationship with a more caring you know what what outside people would label as more caring and kind mother mm-hmm. tend to find it easier to display that tenderness and consideration uh, in their relationships. You also see that with men that grow up with a lot of sisters as well. Like if they're like the one boy and three girls or things like that, and they're Mm -hmm. just kind of surrounded by women, Mm -hmm. they're like outnumbered. They tend to have it easier because just through in their development, they were just naturally forced to take into account a lot of those things that are unique to women that women want. And they Mm -hmm. absorb that naturally. So then when they're older, they're a little bit, you know, a little bit further along, right? In that, a little right. wiser in the woman's mind, right, right, yeah. right. But again, that's part of circumstance and and upbringing and and all of that. But in terms of being able to be a little bit more considerate, I, you know, honestly, I know that this might sound simplistic, but I really, you know, I like to make things as simple as possible. And a lot of times, it's just about treating other people how you would like to be treated. If you, I can't think of that as this is probably misogynistic. I can't think of that in terms of a woman because I don't see a woman being the same being as myself. If that doesn't sound, mistake. I think yeah. that we are. I always tell people I think that we are as different as we are the same. And I know that sounds like a contradiction, but I sure. think that at its core, in terms of what core humans want, mm-hmm. they want peace, they want security, they want support, they want love and happiness. That's Say unique. that again. Love and happiness. So the love and happy. happiness, support, right? They want security. support, security, and peace. You know, they you, you want to feel at peace. When you find individuals that have become addicted to drama, because a lot of those people exist, that's already a problem. That already speaks to something that's not or hasn't been handled properly either in the past or in the current. I like that. People that are addicted to drama. But if you find somebody that's genuinely a healthy person, right? Mm-hmm. Emotionally and mentally healthy person mm-hmm. they're looking for those things i think i don't think that's unique to women i think men want the same thing i think men show it in different ways but do men want love you tell me do you want love love or physical do you want love and what that entails entirely at this point in my life yeah i truly want love but i don't i think we talked about this before i don't know if it's really something that's out there for me Okay, but you want it, right? And I, sure. I get it. You want, like, just let's think grand scheme of things, right? You want love. You want happiness? Yes. Do you want to feel secure in your relationship? Yes. Do you want to feel supported in your relationship? And I want peace. And you want peace. Yeah. I mean. It's this, It's really the same thing. We might want it. We, it may look differently if we had to paint it. You know, if you ask a man and a woman to paint, to draw a drawing of those things represented in one, they will look different. But when you strip everything down at the core, it's the same thing. Do you think that women, in an effort to appeal to men, project the things that they have encountered men wanting? Absolutely. Are you kidding? That's like, yeah. It makes me feel manipulated. But like I said, I'm I'm observing. It makes me feel manipulated. Think of how women have felt to Uh, have been at one point authentic in what they wanted and what they were bringing to the table and to have been consistently rejected throughout decades and to be told, no, you're not supposed to look like that. No, you're not supposed to talk like that. No, you're not supposed to dress or walk like that. And so now 
the choice ends up being I either modify what I am and what I look like to appeal to them, or the other possibility is I risk staying alone. I have a uh, someone that a, a young lady who wants to just project this like over sexual persona. Mm-hmm. And it concerns me because that's all she wants to talk about. And it's not that I'm uncomfortable. It's just that I'm like, I thought I was getting catfished at one point. I'm like, I'm like, like you're you're not really being legitimate right now. You're just is this is this your brother on the phone right now? Like what's going on? So my question to you is is there a way that I could address this behavior that I feel is an effort to manipulate me into getting what I to, to finding out if it is or isn't? Or do you think that that is something that comes up where women just get hypersexual and they only want one thing from a male? No, I think that I think that it does happen, but I think that it's as a result of the things that I just mentioned. And I think that part of the issue, even tying in the bad friendships, I think that when you are looking at things that are filling your mind up with, you know, things mm-hmm. that don't make you value yourself, when you're surrounded by people that are doing the same thing or telling you the same oh, thing, what do you have left? Yeah. You know what I mean? You're going to be, you know, you don't have to be a product of your circumstances, but you are a product of your choices. Mm-hmm. So... If you're not changing that and you're feeding your mind and your spirit with those kinds of things, this is what you're going to naturally project and this is the energy you're going to give off. And eventually this is actually what you will start believing. Because at first it's like, I'm just, you know, like I'm faking it, like I'm acting, giving it just to get it. Eventually you do start to believe it though. You do start literally to believe that the only way that you will be valued, loved, and cared for is if you are maybe portraying in this this case that you've um, mentioned, if you're portraying this hyper overly sexual persona that right. is supposed to be like ultra ultra appealing like is this supposed to turn me on to tell me that you just want to make love like for days on end like i don't well, know first of all that's not sustainable and she probably well, couldn't keep it up you probably she could, probably couldn't keep it up she probably couldn't keep it up okay get your Later. life <laughs> you know okay but but not for days you, not for days i'm not you, saying I can go she's for telling days, you what you want to hear because she's trying to appeal to you to make you make a decision in her favor it's, it's got me concerned. But you know what, though? Are you addressing it? Because to answer your question, no, not. you were like, what do you think I can do? I think the problem is that people are not addressing it. If if I came out here acting all kind of ways yeah. on Instagram. I would address bud, you so quickly. Big bud and the big lips and yeah. just out there being like, come and get it. I would hit you up so quickly. I would address it. It would not be uh, falling for the bait with you. So what's just the, because what's, your persona is so strong what's right now. The difference? What's the difference? My whole thing is like, you know, why, well, why there's no romantic her? attachment with us. Like, I, I, I do not have to save you. I, I, yeah, because I, yeah, I, I would, I would have to save you because I don't have to save you. Does that make sense? Yes, I, I totally think that it makes sense. But right. in this particular case, who's to say that even if you don't end up together, that what you tell her in addressing it could completely impact and shift her life? I, I mean, it, it's, you don't care. You're good. it's, it's, it's not the, your problem. It's the exact same thing that we're talking about with you though. Like, uh, the attachment's so different. If this is somebody I'm trying to possibly entertain and they're talking all this good stuff, 
I plan on capitalizing on the situation. I plan on calling the bluff, winning whatever challenge that this is, this unrealistic challenge to to win. It's a competition at this point. Oh, but point. then you're just as bad. What makes what if, if you're I'm not that, saying it, I'm the man. I'm winning. But what but if that's the case, what makes you different from all these guys out here just willy-nilly abusing abusing ab, no abusing their their role as a man and their ability to just casually kind of, you know, roll through the women because you're worried about capitalizing and winning, right? That's what you just said. So if you're worried with, about- With this one situation, yes. Right. You're worried about capitalizing and winning. I can't let her prove to be the greater sexual being with this oh, inner so competition. Gonna, oh, so you're just you're just going to call her bluff and, and show her what time it is. like that's Yeah, because she's talking crazy. Like, oh, I, know okay. that, I know that there's no way, you know, like, it's like she's trying to flatter me or- impress me or prove to me whatever it is so you're just gonna waste your time knowing that it's gonna be a waste of time like you already know the way that you're talking about it you literally i understand you to be saying that you know this is not gonna go anywhere past just you no not not running the mile sexually like right like i'm saying that i know that she can't run as many laps as me when it comes to that time the every, the aftermath is the aftermath. I'm just saying that it's absurd for her to have the confidence and the bombast that she's having coming at me with all this. You know, am I am I wrong? Is that not no? I, you know what? I think that you have adapted to the times because that's what we're seeing now. But I think that that speaks to a deeper problem, which is the fact that we have lost real care for each other. Because I don't need to know you if I if I even have. Mm. If I even, yeah. I don't need to be dating you, but if you even come into my life, I could, I would feel comfortable addressing something with you that I feel is detrimental to you because if I got out of the, the pocket care, on some, you would have enough concern. Of the care that I have. So I'll give you an example. I was on the train a few months ago mm-hmm. and there was this group of like teenagers, mm-hmm. maybe 16, 17 years old. They got into the Metro station as a group. Half of them went to one side of the doors and were leaning against the doors. Once they closed, the other half was on the other. And so I was diagonal to one of the the group, half of the group, the couple. Mm-hmm. They started kind of messing around and bantering or whatever. And the guy, the young boy, put his hand around her neck. And, you know, they kind of, and she started, you know, she kept talking, whatever she was talking. And then I saw him squeeze harder. And she was like, when it got to be too much, she was like, no, 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 for real. Like, stop, stop, stop. And she started like kidding him. And he was just grabbing her heart. And I freaked out. And I jumped up and I was like, yo, get your hands off of her. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Right. And so he dropped it and everybody's kind of like a little startled. And then I told the girl, her friend happened to be on my side. So she was in. Yeah. I was like, can you do me a favor and tell your friend? Yeah. That she is never to do that or allow that or think that that's okay. I'm so glad she was on the train with you. And so we made that comment. The guy kind of got a little bit pissy. Yeah, he did. And then the girl, you know, she you could tell she was ashamed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was with my ex at the time. He was also on the train. And he was like, you know, you know, what would your... He said something about like, what would your mom think? Like, or is that, is that what you've seen? Like in your, you know, in your house. Mm. And I said, it don't matter if you've seen that. That doesn't make it okay. Right. Isn't that the kitty effect? She may very well see that. She may very well. A girl that allows that is probably a girl. And and granted, we were kind of going into a neighborhood that's. Wow. That's a little bit right. Mm -hmm. And so. You were on the X too? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just saying it, it's it's likely because I that have barely in my entire life seen my father so much as raise his voice. I think I can count on one hand and I wouldn't get to five. Oh wow. A man would never even get physically close enough to me for that kind of ridiculousness. Like I can't and and mind you, I've been privy to that before. I mean, sure. it, you know what I mean? It just would never, and it's never okay. But she, you know, she kind of tussled a little bit. He let go. And then she dropped it. it. There wasn't, she didn't like address it. She wasn't like, yo, don't touch me like that again. How dare you? Right. Which to me says that she's used to it. Right. She's used to it. It's, it's, it's a norm in some way, shape or form. It is normal to her. I'm going to blow your mind right now. What I've seen since I've been in town. Um, I'm not going to tell you where I was at, but I firsthand saw a young man get very aggressive with a woman, putting his hands on her, swinging on her full force in the head. Right. Right. And I had to step in between them and, and, and break it up at the end of this tussle altercation beat down of this, of this gal, uh, she begged me not to let our secret get out, to not let anyone know about that. And I mean, I think that that's the, what, what plays into this and what allows stuff like this to go on. Because when I saw that, I was in disbelief. I swear to God, I didn't want to be, I, I didn't want to be wholehearted. I didn't want to just walk away from it. I didn't want to run away from it. But every ounce of my being as a man Summon me to get in there and, and stop that foolishness because it wouldn't have stopped if I wouldn't have been there. Right. And that was really where my heart was at. So I got in there and I, I defused the situation, but I felt a lot of grief and confusion walking away from the situation because I think I blamed the woman because that wouldn't have happened without her consent. Like it wouldn't have happened without her legitimizing the situation. Like, I don't think there's any reason for a man to put his hands on a woman. Let me be clear. But... So we can't say it's her fault if that's the case. But if you enable it, and that's what that's the conundrum, right? I mean, I can't... Not that I want to get away with something like that. I would never try to get away with something like that. But like, why? Why would anyone think that that's okay or justified to make an excuse for someone? Right? And I feel bad because I didn't take control of the situation. I didn't violate these people's privacy. I let them obviously remain remain anonymous, um, and I respect their privacy in that situation. But did you know them? Yeah. Do you know who they are? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. So that's why she was concerned about you putting them out there because you guys have a personal connection outside right. of okay. this is a, a, a decently close situation to me. I'm just sharing it because I do think that domestic violence is a real problem in our society. And I just think it's a, a unique trouble area because it's our privacy. That's where abuse happens. You really don't see abuse in the public sphere because you don't take your intimate... The same reason most of us, we shouldn't expect to see sex in the public sphere. It's private, just like this abuse. That's where all this stuff lives. That's where our intimacy lives. I think a domestic situation is an intimate situation. So with that being said, I did walk away from the situation very confused. I felt conflicted. I was upset, but I... 
someone blame the woman because I don't think the man would have felt comfortable doing that unless she made him feel that way. He was a young, he was younger than her. He was a young guy. Um, but he he was beating her in the head. I mean, he knocked the wig off. No, I don't think that's okay. Under, I, I yeah. don't think that's okay under any circumstance. Yeah. I don't think I find it sad. And I can only imagine, I can only imagine some of the things that she has endured. If he did, I can talk public, about it. If he did that in the public to the point where you were close enough to see it, and and that means that that means that he was measuring himself. Mm. I think he was, you might be he right. He was measuring himself. If that is his measured self, I can only imagine what she's going through. She when told me afterwards. Closed. Afterwards, she told me all the trauma that she had experienced. And what um, did you counsel her to do? I, I counseled her to never put herself in the situation or feel that it's okay to make an excuse for a man to abuse her. Uh, I, I counseled her on why she is so much more valuable than this. I counseled her on what her future self would say about this. I counseled her on what her children would say about this and the example that she's being for other women. Those are the things that I counseled her on. Did you tell Absolutely. Absolutely. No. That, that not a chance, um, and 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 I was fearful, thinking that maybe I made her more attracted to this young man, who violated her in such an intimate way. It was absolutely vile. Um, and I told you, since I'm extra sensitive, uh, I talked to who I call my white father, and um, I told him I think I've experienced trauma. I think that. I was traumatized by this event. Well, those are images that are not leaving you at this point. It was crazy. Right. It was absolutely crazy. So It's never the same. It's like we can see that on a movie screen yeah. and still have a level of detachment because there's a barrier there. But seeing it in person, yeah. it's almost like you can get to the point where you feel it in the flesh yourself. I mean, I, I lost count after I saw him swing it at her head four or five times. And that's when I, I mean, because I promise you, I was inclined to walk away. I was inclined to absolutely leave the situation, go get help, call the authorities. But something in me told, like, she's getting demolished right, right. now. She may not make it to yeah, when the Yeah, like, that's crazy. That's crazy. So I stepped in. I mean, I I did what I had to do. I grabbed them them, them joints, you know what I mean? Them, held them up and let them get their space. And I mean... In my mind, I was being so selfish, thinking like, this fool starts swinging on me. I'm going to have to take him down. I have to do something. No, it didn't happen at all. At all. So, I mean, it just reaffirms that a lot of domestic abuse is cowardly. Oh, all the way. I now, don't, I don't, I'm not so, yeah, yeah. You were the only one there yeah. that physically saw that. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, what did the other individuals do? But you were the only one. No, that's, that's how the whole situation has been kept under wraps. And I mean, I absolutely have experienced the trauma. I can admit that. I don't feel my masculinity is questioned by that. I really don't. Just because yeah. I've, you know, I, I've, I've, I've had enough counsel outside of myself to really get perspective to see that that was a big deal. And I failed as a man um, on the periphery, on not making the situation worse for the aggressor in the situation. Um, Good for you for acknowledging that. I right, respect that a lot. Right. Um, this whole this whole G code thing, it's real. 
And I mean, to a certain extent, I respect it. I, I, I don't feel that it would have been right for me to make it a, a, a legal situation in my in my personal view. But in the evolved view, I do believe that it would have been appropriate to call somebody outside to get them laws involved. But I did. I did defer my action uh, just based on that because she made the plea to me. She said, no, please, because it was a very loaded situation. I, I could probably tell you more about it, but like just a real situation. And I mean, I had to look big picture and I feel that those were the failings and just the realities of that dirty and vile situation. Um, so I have a question. Yeah. So I'm assuming that these individuals are your friends. Would you call them your mm-hmm. friends? No, no. So I was going to say, where do you, how do you move forward from here? Talking about bad friends or in this case, maybe closer acquaintances, where, how do you move forward knowing that these people, knowing that this is an abusive relationship, there's a, there's a literal victim in this relationship, you know, in this encounter and, and that the male is the aggressor and Mm -hmm. the abuser and she doesn't seem to have much support or much confidence in her ability to leave and succeed and thrive, you know, outside of that. Mm. But obviously if you were there, it's because there is some proximity. So how do you move forward from here knowing what he is capable of? Mm. What's in his heart, the condition of his heart at this moment, how do you move forward? What do you do? What do you plan to do? I might save that for the next episode. Oh, wow. Cliffhanger, huh? <laughs> right? But um, it, it was. It was. A, it's a very loaded situation. I'll tell you about it uh, after after we're done with this set. But um, it's just the things you see in life as a man. And I mean, being able to protect when you can is so important because there are times when you can protect and still fail. And that's the confusion I walked away from this situation with, you know. But is it still worth it to do it? Do you do you carry then a clean conscience? No, no. I, I'm I'm traumatized on so many ends from this event. Like um, conflicted, confused. Um, but I I think I did the best thing to serve all ends at the time for the time. Yeah. Wow. That, right. That's a lot. And I think that's a really difficult circumstance to be in, especially because if the repercussions, the potential repercussions flash through your mind before mm-hmm. you do it, you're like, oh my God, so much could come of this. Like this guy could go to jail. He could get a record. He could leave his children, you know, homeless. And he ver- could be deported. He could be deported. Right. And they'll never see him again. So it's almost, mm-hmm. I could see where somebody could weigh the... Yeah. You know, the potential in a second and you're like, well, let, you know, let them deal with it and they can decide. But yeah, once you're a witness to things like that, I think that that really shifts. It makes you, it makes you an abuser uh, partially and a victim. So I have to feel both pains. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's sad. I'm sorry that you had to experience that, but I commend you and applaud you for having taken some kind of action in favor of the victim. Yeah. I mean, I I wasn't going to let, I wasn't going to let her meet her demise or get any kind of permanent damage from that if I could intervene. And I do believe that my intervention meant something. I do think that it changed her life that day. Uh, I know it changed mine. uh, And I know that there's two others that were affected as well. So, yeah. 
talk about bad friendships. That's a way to whew. That's that's how I'm that's how I'm gonna wrap it up. Uh, I know that if you're a victim of domestic violence, domestic abuse, and you need to see counseling services, uh, svelitecoaching.com is a great resource. You can find Sarah on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, are you on Twitter? Yes, Twitter. The handle is on all three of those social media platforms is SV Elite Coaching. And please, if you are a victim, understand that there is help that you can get. There are resources that the state and the cities have in the different counties and know that you can leave the situation. You can, you should, you will get the support that you need and you will thrive and succeed. Don't let anyone take that power away from you. Never, never, never. I appreciate you so much, Sarah. Um, if you want to find me on social media, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Chubby Idris Elba. Until the next episode, peace. <laughs>